Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nine Lives episode 22. It is the beginning of December. It is cold in London. And I just, I ran 30k this morning. <laughs> I've been up since 4.30. Um, so I'm feeling a little bit fatigued. After those kind of runs, I do find it quite difficult to do other things in the day. So I just had to do a lot of client work. And now I have to do this. So my cognitive function is definitely going to be tested. But I'm here for the challenge. This week, I I actually don't have a plan. I've had a lot of very planned episodes recently. And I think there's a lot of space for that. And it's lovely to research and give you guys all of these facts and figures and um, really think about things. But I think this podcast kind of started a little bit more as me just telling some stories and being a bit more ad-lib and I thought this episode maybe we could talk a little bit about confessions of an ex-party girl because I know this is something a lot of people want me to talk about and I think it's taken me a little while to become comfortable with my audience meaning I think I know you guys quite well now and I know who's listening and I feel very safe in this space to discuss these sort of things without fear of judgment um because there is quite a lot of stigma still attached to mental health and addictions or addiction recovery and I sometimes fear that people will hear my story and think of me as a, not a trustworthy person um or as someone that they can't rely on and I spoke briefly about this on Instagram the other day but you know obviously have a lot of responsibility in my life and I have a lot of people that I wouldn't say look up to me but I, who I work with let's just say professionally so clients colleagues um fellow coaches or peers in different spaces and I sometimes refrain from sharing the cold hard truth about just how low or how difficult I'm finding my mental health because I don't want people to not feel like they can rely on me or feel like I'm not trustworthy or I'm not someone who's got it figured out you know I mean no one has it figured out those are the facts of life and there's been a lot of change recently strangely a pattern appearing in my family and my close friends lives in the last few weeks I don't know if any of you listening have experienced this but there just seems to be so much change happening um almost like a snake shedding its skin um and it can feel very uncomfortable um and it can really put your routine out of whack um especially if you're someone who thrives in structure like myself to have some opportunities sort of taken away or changed very suddenly can be hard but I do believe I will always land on my feet and I know that you will too listening if you are going through some hard things sometimes I think it's just good to give yourself that sort of little affirmation of I will land on my feet even though it's chaotic right now I know that I'll I'll figure it out and this is something I have to say to myself a lot which is because I catastrophize and I get in my head about Oh, you know, and the physical symptoms of anxiety are making me feel like someone's coming with a knife to my house. Um, but I have to just tell myself, listen, you will figure it out. What's the worst that will happen? What is the worst that will happen? Of course, there are bad things that can happen, but 
you know, you have it within you, the capacity to take it a day at a time, an hour at a time, a step at a time, a kilometer at a time um, and get through it. And I think this morning, you know, this morning was a real test running this 30 kilometer uh, run. I did it with my friend Savannah, who was on this podcast. I'm sure you all know her, um, the wonderful, strange and whimsical Savannah, <laughs> who I just think is a brilliant human being and a dear friend now. feel very lucky to have met her. But um, we ran it because we're both turning 30 in the same month. We're both Sagittariuses and we just wanted to do like a 30 kilometer run because why not? And it really got me thinking about my old lifestyle and a couple of things were springing to my mind, to be honest, because the stark contrast of the way that I used to celebrate or the things that I used to do for myself to now is like black and white and night and day, right? But I wanted to talk a little bit about balance and finding fun because the one thing I never want people to think when they and I think I give off an air of like being quite serious because obviously the topics that I speak about whether it be mental health suicidal thoughts addictions these are very heavy serious topics and I don't really show a side of myself or a side of my life that's like quite fun and I I am like I do have fun and I, I wanted to talk about the the way that I've been able to sort of reframe what fun and joy is in my life because the lifestyle that I used to live being the party girl um my life was centered around fun <clears throat> what I perceived as fun so looking back I knew, I know I wasn't having fun, but to the outside world and to myself, I was, you know, I was a professional fun haver. And something I'm asked or something I ask myself a lot and even friends and family bring it up, you know, all right, you have this amazing, healthy, quote unquote healthy, because who is fully healthy lifestyle, you know, you run, you're in nature, you feel grateful, you're journaling, you're in therapy, you're doing all the right things. Um, but where's the fun? Because there's a certain spontaneity and there's a certain mm, like lightness to the party lifestyle. And I thought I'd begin by telling a story and opening up a little bit more about what I used to get up to I'm not gonna say everything because you know I think my friends would kill me um because they're not my stories to tell but I think one day I would love oh god I'd love to have my best friend on because anyway that would be a very funny episode I think it's very easy to get caught up in this almost like giddy spontaneity that is partying and I was pretty professional at it you know I was skilled I was the one who was the bad influence. I was the one who would get people out. Uh, you know, I'd be the one texting people at 11 p.m. being like, this is the best night of your life. This is where we're going. Who's going to be here? These are the shots we're taking. I'll get you a cab. I'll sort it out. Don't even worry. I know the barman. Like, we're dressing up as this tonight or whatever ideas were coming into my head, right? And 
I also, I went to a lot of live music events. I hung out with a lot of bands and got involved in that whole scene. And on to me, I thought it was very cool. You know, I thought I was very cool. And, you know, I used to dress up a lot and, you know, it, it, it was, it was frantic, man. It was chaos and it was constant. And this was more of the time when I was at university. So this is when I had first started to really seriously begin drinking and drink every sort of day and evening. And I think it's kind of interesting when I think back to what when I was in them, the times of the excessive partying and the live concerts and the organizing of groups of people and, you know, what to the outside looked, I'm sure quite, well, actually, no, I think a lot of people knew that I was drinking too much by the end, but maybe in the beginning, I think a lot of people thought, you know, Cassie is fun, man. You know, she's got a bar at her flat and she makes amazing cocktails and she's always wearing a cowboy hat and she listens to amazing music. and She's so fun. But if we fast forward like a few months, um, you know, I didn't sober up for like six months, I'd say. Um, I'd started to get problems with my liver. My eyes were turning yellow. And I remember one morning, um, I'd been partying, I think for two days straight at that point. And I think I'd had a cowboy's party. We were all wearing cowboy hats and I I dressed up as a character from Red Dead Redemption. And I thought I was the most fabulous person in the world. But inside I was feeling horrific, but of course I was hiding it. And I was hiding it under the party girl persona and yeah I think we'd be going for two days I think we'd had a wee sleep in between we'd maybe gone to a concert the night before the usual sort of thing this is when I was a student so I was living off a student loan Mm, getting myself in financial trouble too Um, and I remember going to the bathroom the morning after the second night in a row and looking in the mirror and realizing that my eyes had begun to go yellow which is the sign of jaundice, which is a sign of the beginning of liver damage. And it was a very sobering, haha, but a very sobering moment because when I was in that, everything felt very normal and nothing felt wrong. It was just, oh, well, I'm just partying, I'm having fun, and this is how I live my life, and this is how I'm always going to live my life. Every thought was consumed with, what am I going to drink tonight? How drunk am I going to get at the weekend? I can't wait to feel drunk. I can't, you know, what are we going to do for pre-drinks? It was, it was consuming my mind. And only later on did I realize it's not normal to think about alcohol all the time. It's not normal. And I will say that, and I've sort of touched on this in other episodes, but my behavior towards alcohol was compounded by compounded by things I'd been through in those years you know the years of 2016 to 2018 were just one thing after the other quite traumatic things happening and I instead of addressing the problems pushed it down inside myself and then it manifested as unfortunately problems with uh, alcohol which to the outside world was just partying she's the party girl she's so much fun and she's having so much fun but looking in the mirror that morning and seeing 
the bags under my eyes and the yellowing of my eyes and looking at my hair that had fallen out and looking at, and I, you know, my features were puffed up. My nose was double the size. Um, my neck had swollen up and I'd obviously gained a lot of weight due to just eating crap and not moving. And I just did not know who was looking back at me in the mirror. I didn't know who that person was at all. And let me tell you, that was not one of those moments where I was like, that was rock bottom. The next day I changed. No, not at all. It was just, oh, fuck. Okay, <laughs> pour another drink and get on with it. But that image of myself really sticks in my mind because it was so... I was just disassociating completely from my reality. Like, who was that person looking back in the mirror now? And I swear, if I was to ha look at that reflection even now, I wouldn't know who that was. And what is so fascinating is how much human beings can change and how much, you know, our appearance is affected by what we put inside our bodies. It's mind-blowing. But I was always just having fun and there were a few tells and a few things that had begun to happen like losing my hair my eyes going yellow my skin was always covered in spots and rashes and I was always getting ill and you know I was obviously hiding everything inside and trying so very hard to mask the way that I was feeling but it obviously wasn't working and through the gradual, gradual, gradual changes of my lifestyle now, I can say with great clarity that I was not having fun. I don't remember a lot of those years, which is not a good thing. And no, it's not normal to blackout drunk. I, I know that that's, again, extremely normalized in our culture of binge drinking, that blacking out is like funny. It isn't. I blacked out for like, you know, nights on end. And that's terrifying. And it still terrifies me to this day that there are nights that I don't remember, that there are memories that I just don't have, that I can't access. And the person who I was when I drank, like I'm not a nice person when I drink. Um, sure, like ugh, a few glasses of wine with my girlfriends now and then, you know, not the end of the world. I probably wasn't a menace at when I was doing that. But when it did get bad, especially things like whiskey would really set me off and I'd become incredibly angry. And I'm like, just not an angry person. I'm actually terrified of confrontation. And I just, I'm not like that. Like that's not my personality type. So just seeing myself transform into this like monster almost in front of my eyes and seeing it physically manifest in the features in my face and the way that my body looked was terrifying and felt incredibly out of my control and it was only when I addressed the inside as in unfortunately I hate to be the bearer of bad news but when traumatic things happen you can't go over it, you can't go under it, you gotta go through it and you have to feel the things that happen and you have to work through them. Um, and I was privileged enough to be able to be given that space um, in the form of therapy and be able to begin to work through why I was masking 
my feelings with alcohol. And if I'm being completely honest, which I tend to be on this podcast, another thing is that that is my personality type and it's something that I'm recognizing, recognizing, recognizing again and again, the loop continues until you break it of masking and pushing things down. So I have a habit um, and I know, and I have to be so careful, I have to catch myself with this because sure, the alcohol's gone, but what if you work too much? What if you run too much? You know, you are still avoiding things. And I have to be very careful. I have to, because I just have that personality type where I will go to extremes. And I'd say that right now in my life is the most balanced I've ever felt because I've been forced to be, because I've had some family stuff and some career things happen where I have not had the time to focus a lot on fitness or you know, whatever else. And it has almost like forced me into this reset and resting place where I've realized that the stillness and the calm, if you are terrified by that and you constantly need Netflix playing or you constantly need a drink or you always need to be out and you always need music playing. Music is great. I do usually have music playing, but you get what I mean. There's usually something inside of you is screaming to be heard, but you're pushing it down. And I have to be very honest with myself, you know, why are you doing the things that you're doing? Because I've been through some stuff in my life that still hits me like a ton of bricks. Like, um, I think there's this saying about grief that's like, grief finds you on a summer's day in June, walking down the street. And I think that's so true. And I think the same goes for trauma and grief. It can hit you at points in your life you don't realize. And running away from it is, in my opinion, not the way to go about it. I think you should be able to sit with your feelings and feel them. And I have to be so careful that the lifestyle that I've cultivated now remains balanced, but it remains fun. So I'm not taking things to extremes you know, um, and I think this is why I have a rule for myself that I only run twice or three times a week. Like I've never been a person who runs every day. I've never been a person who's um, been able to keep up like a, ve a very high mileage way of training. I just don't have that kind of body. And I think that if I was to tip into that sort of lifestyle, I know I have the personality type that it would get ugly. So I have to be careful and I have to say, why are you doing the things that you're doing? I hope, I hope they're supporting you in a calm and still place in your life where when you sit on the sofa with your dog, you sit in silence and you feel calm and you feel happy and you feel okay to be at peace with yourself and your thoughts aren't racing and you're not getting up and putting something on and calling a friend. And, you know, I hope everyone gets the chance to be still with themselves and be friends with themselves and not feel the constant need to cloud what you truly, truly are feeling. But to bring it back to my original point, a lot of people ask me about, okay, you changed your whole lifestyle. It's like night and day. Like, obviously I know I look like two different people and I probably sound like two different people. And you know, how, how do you marry the two? But how do you make space for fun? Because, and I say this every time I talk about alcohol, guys, 
drinking isn't the problem. I'm the problem. I don't think that people should all be sober. In fact, I, you know, my parents, they drink, my friends all drink. I, you know, they still go out on nights out. Like my clients do too. I've got nothing against that at all. Um, it's just my personality type and I see it displayed in other people. And I think having open conversations like this, especially as young women is very, very important. But people ask me a lot, where's the fun? <laughs> like, you know, how, because what we see now, I think we're so desensitized to stuff or everything is so sensationalized. Like fun is, you know, meeting the love of your life. Uh, on a five million pound yacht and being proposed to in the Maldives or you know we see so much stuff on social media that's like this is fun popping bottles in the club turning up in a Lamborghini mm, whatever else like having a Rolex all this stuff you know or large groups of friends you know everyone's got these huge friend groups and they're always out and they're always doing stuff and they're all you know dressed really well and everyone's very clean and you know that's meant to be fun, but I would argue <laughs> that my perception of fun has perhaps changed. And I think a lot of people who have been on similar journeys will agree with me and will relate to this. But when you've got to the point and you've pushed fun so far that you physically harm yourself and it's so extreme that you cause yourself like damage, pretty irreversible damage to your organs, <laughs> or you're in a place where perhaps you never took it that far, but there were so many lonely mornings you woke up and you didn't want to be alone with yourself. And all you could think about was the next party you were going to or the next distraction, or you felt so uncomfortable with yourself that you drank too much or you took something or you covered it up with relationships and the fun got to the point where it was so extreme that it wasn't fun anymore. I would argue that fun for me now is a cup of tea. <laughs> and that's probably like really extreme. There's this wonderful illustration that I've seen floating around. I share it every time I see it. It's a picture of two little dogs. And one of them says, I want my life to be full of great and big moments. And the other dog says, Amazing, you could have those every day. Have you tried having a cup of tea? And I think to desensationalize fun and ground yourself in everyday little tiny joys, like I speak about the first time I went out on a walk and I saw a tree and I perceived the tree for the first time with like actually looking at it and being like, oh my God, the universe is so beautiful and we're all so small and life is so boundless and that's a tree and I know people are gonna be listening being like she's a crazy hippie she's crazy but to ground yourself and allow yourself to have joy and fun in the little moments in life walking your dog maybe you don't walk your dog maybe you walk yourself having dinner with a friend you know meeting up with your mates and having a pint <laughs> instead of taking it to the extremes I think and I would argue that it's easier to find fun more often because if you are taking it to the extremes a lot and you're on this dopamine rush constantly you're going to deplete that in your brain you're going to it's going to be a lot harder for you to find happiness and balance and 
you know, little things I do for myself that feel, because look, I'm not going to lie, old Cassia, she, look, she was great, okay? I know she was going through a lot and did a few things that I would never do now, um, but hey, I was great at getting people together and I was a good time and I'm still her. Like, I still listen to the same playlist that I used to when I used to, like, get ready to drink and go out and pretend I was a member of Motley Crue. I still do that while I'm running or getting ready to go to the gym or I just see myself being this old person now that I didn't have that perception of time before. I just sort of see, I saw sort of like late 20s, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Like, there's, you know, there wasn't like a definite, oh, I'm definitely going to live to that. But the things that made me who I was back then are still alive today. And to be able to find fun and never, I am never bored, by the way. Like, I don't find this lifestyle boring. And I think a lot of people are scared to take the step from party, 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 fun, 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 hedonism, 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 to this lifestyle, because they probably perceive it as really boring. And like, I get that too, because I used to look at it and be like, I absolutely will never go to the gym. What is an ice ice bath? And who, what is a breathing technique? And what do you mean gratitude? Like I, you, believe me, as an ex-party girl who used to look at stuff like that online and think it was absolutely cooked, I get it. But to be comfortable in the stillness of the daily routine, finding fun in the everyday, or just finding fun sitting on the sofa with your best mate, having a giggle, can feel so much better, but also it can make your life so much longer because I know for a fact that all the things that bring me joy today I will hold dear and close to myself when I'm 90 years old and I will be 90 years old <laughs> sitting in a ranch somewhere um time with animals time in nature cups of tea I just love a cup of tea I just think it's such a wonderful thing to know yourself and to know yourself as your oldest friend and greatest companion and to not feel scared of yourself or like you're constantly running away from something is really beautiful. And you don't have to take a health and fitness lifestyle to extremes, by the way. I was just thinking this today on this run. I was like, God, I really hope that people know you don't have to run a marathon. You, you don't have to run an ultra. You could try and run 5K if you feel like you would like to try running. But I think finding what makes you happy and make you feel balanced and what helps uh, your mental health and your lifestyle is the most important part. And that will look different for everyone. And we'll all do it at different speeds. And we'll all probably think the other person's a little bit weird for their choice. But isn't that what the human experience is? And that's what makes us so beautiful. You know, I, I personally like bodybuilding. Tried for so long to get into it could not connect with it I just can't see my goals in that way but bodybuilders will probably look at me and see <laughs> and see me like on my dreams of doing these like ultramarathons through the Alps um oh my god I have a race booked in Utah in Zion National Park I've okay 
Anyway, I'm going to go off on a tangent. But little Cassia was obsessed with cowboys and the West. And I'm actually going to be running through Utah. I can't believe it. That's going to be a very tearful, very tearful race. But anyway, see, that's fun. I find that fun. I'm going to make a whole playlist um, with all my favorite Western soundtracks. And I'm going to run through the canyons of Utah. And I would not have been able to do that had I continued drinking the way that I did. Um, I don't think I'd be sat here. Absolutely not. So there is fun. Perhaps it's just changing the barometer of what fun is. And slowly that happens and slowly you'll begin to sink into a calmness that feels like a big warm hug um, at the end of the day when you no longer feel the need to chase your demons away um but we're all still learning hey and I I'm still learning I'm still on my journey and I still have weeks where I work too much that's my that's my biggest vice is my bloody relationship with work um and I'm trying to get a handle on that and set some boundaries and take time offline and all the things that we know we're meant to do but it's really hard to action for ourselves but um, I think that having dreams no matter how small and how mundane they might be. Because believe me, when I used to be in the kind of lifestyle where everything was a mask, I mean everything from my fake eyelashes to the amount of makeup I wore, still love makeup, but you know, to the wigs I was wearing and the clothes I was wearing and even my body language when I look back at photos, I was just, everything was so hidden I was so hidden and hunched and just uncomfortable I can see it radiating off me and how dark my eyes were um but being that way and constantly feeling the need to almost hide oneself while watching other people find I remember I used to like the craziest stuff I used to watch my mates all my family friends, strangely, because they were so like what I perceived as normal and like neurotypical. So I would always be very jealous of them because I'm like, oh my God, you're just like in the school band and that's okay. You're not having like a, you can do that. I don't know if that makes sense, but it was just, yeah. Um, but I remember just like seeing they would do like normal things like um, putting their hair in a ponytail. Like when you have hair loss, obviously it's like, a, it's really difficult for a young woman to go through. Um, or, you know, I smoked cigarettes, cigarettes for 10 years, um, heavily, and I would always need to go for a smoke if I was like stressed or anything was happening, I would need to go for a smoke. And I remember just like watching family friends who would like have hobbies, like they'd play hockey or tennis and they'd have relationships with partners who were just like wonderful people who felt so natural and at ease with themselves and had this stillness about them where they weren't overcompensating and they weren't medicating and they didn't smoke and uh, you know they just felt so I hate this word but normal and I hate that word because that no one is normal but to grow up and watch other people do things automatically that to you feel like you never will be able to do I think it creates a monster that will always live inside you. And I still get giddy about little things that I do. For example, running today, amazing. Like, obviously that's an incredible feat, but my favorite part is then rushing home, 
five minutes to get ready. She's in and out of the shower. She's not stressing about things. And now I'm here recording a podcast, did some client work on the way. It's just automatically I'm able to function. And I think that when you are finding it hard to function, you take that for granted, just how much you miss out on and how abnormal and different and other and I spoke a lot about that in in I think episode two about the black dog and growing up with depression and feeling so other and different and alien to others and I think a lot of those kind of people fall into these cycles of alcohol and partying and because you're masking and I I think for a lot of people it's very difficult to understand why someone has a problem with it and I get that pushback a lot of like you know just drink in moderation or just why you know why did you fall into that loop just eat and drink in moderation and it's like you know it's so layered and so nuanced that of course you can't explain it to someone on an Instagram comment but for the people that know I know you know and I'm just sending you a huge massive hug basically and yeah to find fun and beauty in the stillness of life after such chaos is so wonderful and it hits me like a ton of bricks sometimes I took cowboy for a walk in a field the other day just before I went to look at some antiques in a barn which is in my mind so much fun um could not farm shops fun (laughs) like you maybe this is just growing growing older but um took him for a walk in a field and there was long grass and spider webs on the grass and there was frost over the spider webs and the sun and mist were coming through the uh, webs and it was making this like it looked like crystallized little patterns and cowboy was just like galloping through them and I was stood with Joe and we were just walking along and I knew we were going to get hot chocolate and go to this antiques fair after and I was just like trying I'm still gonna hold back tears now but just like little moments like that that you just think fucking hell like yes this is it and I feel so calm and I feel so still and I I don't need to run away from anything and this is life and this is living and this is fun um so don't sensationalize fun because for some people it's a walk in a field it really is and it can be for you too once you find that calmness again so don't be scared to take the step I know it feels scary when you're stuck in the loop and you're you're clinging to that because you're scared to lose it and partying is what you have and distraction and it's what you have but I promise life is pretty sweet on the other side and it might take a little bit of time for you to get here but you can and we're all here to welcome you with open arms and the people that you'll meet along the way will be brilliant and there's you know wonderful things you can learn about yourself so I invite you to take the step and not be scared of what you'll lose because you will lose nothing you will only gain everything when you stop the habits that aren't serving you you're not losing anything you are gaining everything I'll leave you uh, with a poem today as we always do Um, this is by Liz Fair There is a breath between what was and what will be, who we were and who we will be, what we've done and what we will do. Sometimes it's quick and rapid, sometimes slow and ragged, and sometimes it flows as smooth as honey. And while we can't change what was or predict what will be, we will always have this breath in between. We will always have what is.
a reminder to be present this week. Okay, my gorgeous people, I will leave you with that this week. I hope that was helpful. A little bit of a chatty one. Mm. Yeah, love ya. And I will speak to you next week.